0: i Spaces hello and welcome to the ether. Today's Thursday, December 1st, 2022. Today on the Ether, part 1 of a two-part space The Merge Club, hosted by The Coach. Let's take a listen.
1: Hey.
2: Hello. Do you like my fan art? I like your fan art. It looks like a cross between me and some kind of 14th century Japanese wise samurai elder who perhaps teaches the young samurai boys to fight with wooden swords.
3: That's exactly right. Um, The first iteration I did was more like a mixture between what you actually look like and the mouse, but I scrapped that and I went for what I think you should look like. And this is the result. Um, uh, It took me around two weeks to get this exactly how I wanted it. Um, and in the end, I think I've tried to capture your essence perfectly, including the
2: hair loss.
1: I think it's nice. It's my Norwood, it's Norwood, Norwood six, but I'm, I'm stopping
2: that now. I don't think I'll recede it anymore. Cause I'm now taking a lot of finasteride.
3: Ah, okay. Maybe I can revise this in a few months and, uh, make you a Norwood four. <laughs>
2: Only um, in, the, in the long-term finasteride studies of, of Japanese men, which are a little bit different to uh, Caucasians, on average, they, gain, they regain around one Norwood. So if you start at a two, you might get to a one. Um, and if you start at, a, say, a four, you might get to a three. The interesting thing is, though, that the the more recent your hair loss, the more chance you have of regaining. So for example, if you receded from a three to a four over a three-year period, compared to a three to a four over a one-year period, the guy who had a one-year period of hair loss will have a much, much higher chance of regaining um, compared to the slower one. It's like, even if your hair disappears, the follicle is still lurking underneath the scalp, right? And, And it's still in this process of death. So the earlier you catch
1: it, the better. That's quite interesting. Uh
3: That's really, yeah, I didn't appreciate. So it's about the death of the hair follicle itself. And then it's an irreversible process. Like once it's dead, it's dead.
2: Yeah. There's another interesting thing as well, which is like, um, according to a hair loss surgeon I talked to, in that he said, if if the hair follicle, so the process of balding involves the gradual thinning of the hair follicle, and then it eventually kind of gives up and falls out, right? It never comes back. And then at that point, the the scalp is bare. But the interesting thing is that when the hair follicle shrinks to under half its, its original diameter, so under half its original diameter, there's a high chance it will die forever. Um, even if you use pharmaceuticals like finasteride or um, 5-AR inhibitors, you know, like dutesteride or finasteride or any of these things, even if you do that at that point, the, the hair follicle is dead. So it has like a, a kind of a critical point of no return or an escape velocity or something like that. It's just determined to fall out of your head at that point. It, it might as well be dead. Even if you have mm-hmm. a cluster, a big cluster of, of very thin hair, that hair cannot be saved. It's it's destined to die. Like the death point has been reached. That's why you must um be very careful about catching balding very early and and start taking your finasteride blender smoothies and things like that like it's too late for me but at least i can warn other people you know yeah coach yeah. coach you're going bald bro
3: king ruby yes yeah coach has been talking about this he's lectured he's he's done seminars on on hair loss many many times um are you serious
1: and dude yeah man I I've been born for
2: 15 years, Webby. Dude,
1: Ever I, I since my first
2: a... steroid cycle,
4: Coach, you're natural, dude. You, you, you you're an English male. Englishmen can be built, dude. um So if you're what you like, ten five eleven, you said you got up to two fifty. I'm assuming you're what 13 percent. Why are you shrinking fat? my
2: height by, Huh? Why are you shrinking my height by seven inches? Dude, you are not six foot five.
4: You're not six five, dude. No way. I'm bigger no. than
2: you, Wabby. Oh that's just cause me... you like to you like to you like to be the big guy. Oh, I'm the big guy in the room. Yeah, I'm a big guy. Yeah, yeah. big, 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 heavy guy, big dense guy. I'm the big guy in the room. I'm big. Everyone tell, else is dude. smaller than me. I'm big guy. Yeah, yeah. Who are you? Like who who's uh, who's King Wabby? Oh he's the big guy. Yeah,
1: he's the big guy.
3: <laughs> the big guy with the hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think the coach managed to hand out, hang out with Big Tail and the boys and train no, with those kind of quality powerlifters and not ever touch gear? I mean he's I mean it's it's going to happen. He must Speaking be fucking crazy, man. man.
2: You could tell you could tell wabby that anyone is in a, is like natural or whatever. He's like um I don't know. He's he's like one of those gullible guys who yeah runs like if there's a if there's a bodybuilding um convention or something King Wabby is the guy running in front of Mike O'Hearn to defend him as natural.
4: <laughs> Duck eggs. He's,
2: he's, Duck the eggs. Guy, he's the guy running in front of uh, Liver King to defend him as natural.
1: No, no. He's natural. He's just living a pain. Nah, dude. Liver King's a
2: larf, dude. No way. He's
4: not natural, dude. Like, I, I, I would say, dude, like.
2: <sighs> so you don't think he's natural, but you think I am natural. You're fucking nuts.
4: I've, I've never seen a photo of your physique coach, but I, I give it like two years though until like um, we run into each other, dude. Cause I, I am doing that uh, King Wabi global tour uh, after the Bitcoin having.
2: So two well, so summers from now. It's going to be, it's going to be funny as fuck meeting you and looking down at your tiny little head. Oh coach man, don't do me like that, bro. I might have to I might have to wear
1: uh those cowboy boots with the with with the boosters. <laughs> King Waddle's small and he's five foot four.
4: Yeah, dude. I weigh 120 pounds, dude.
5: <laughs> I'm never raising my hand again in this group. Oh but what's up, what's going on? Well I have a question. I have a question for Coach Bruce and Ox here. So I like the. I feel like if I feel like merging should be the new term for sex. Period. But if Luna and Lunk merge, are they going to have babies?
4: Yes, I think I think so, dude. Um, You know, it'll be it'll be like us.
5: King Wabi, I didn't ask you. No offense, King Wabi. I love you, kind of, not really, but I wanted like the you know the um the authority figures in the room the the high iq people to answer if that's okay
2: jonathan could you um could you give us a a little hierarchy of your perception of who the highest iq people here are
5: what you know and, 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 yeah and, and and i struggle with this because you know i happen to you know i i well without talking about myself i i it's hard right because you want to be a nice person. You want to get along with people, and I don't. I like to, you know, come across as a normal person first. But I do enjoy intelligent people because they, they, you know, they they provide a little more depth and clarity on on, on discussion points. Like the other day, Coach Bruce, you were actually trying to educate, which I appreciated, rather than being funny, which you are. Uh, so I, I'm actually of the opinion that having intelligence sometimes is a curse, especially when you have to when you're surrounded by the the average person. It's tough. You know, you're impatient. You have to hear things out. But one of the things I do like about this group and community is that you know, outside of some of the power lifters, there are some intelligent people here. So um, I put coach you know coach bruce oxiers i've been following your content lately I'm, I'm impressed you seem to be quite knowledgeable Seffy, obviously because he saves lives you know and he works with the uh, cia as well uh jared Bear is in the conversation you know I, I don't really keep track of everybody um but one of the reasons why i keep coming back here obviously is because this is a highly highly intelligent group and uh Sorry, I don't know everybody else here. i apologize. I'm I'm in my little bubble, you know, my my finance, football, and and lunk bubble. So, Jonathan, anyway.
6: I believe you seem to have offended my my girlfriend, Miss Slinky. And I, to ask I don't know Miss Slinky. Sure have... Look,
5: if Miss Slinky is with you, I'm sure she's a you know a great person, obviously smart. Matt's market. What's up, buddy? You know he's awesome. I just don't know everybody, right? You know nobody comments on my. Nobody comments on my tweets anymore, so I don't know anybody anymore, you know? Kind of like laying low. But anyway, I do feel like merging seems like a lot of fun, you know? Like maybe people should go out and merge more, possibly, physically,
1: non-chain. You made King Webby uncomfortable when he left.
5: Yeah, I don't feel bad about that. He cut me off. You could show me more respect because I am six for five ball than an absolute unit. So I'm everything he wants to be.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, no, thank you, Bloomer. Um, I started putting out some some kind of tweets, like an olive branch, to sort of like, okay, well, maybe maybe we don't just post stupid things all day. Maybe we post something useful. Maybe we can make something out of this community, this this hopelessly lost, desperate community. I don't know. I feel like as soon as I started trying to do that, I feel like the stupidity comes back just five times stronger than it ever was, and that for that reason, we're going to have to basically take over the chain. Um, we're basically going to have to take over the lunar chain, and we're just going to have to do you know, it's like cruel to be kind. We know exactly what needs to be done. We just need to take the reins, and um, it's going to be fine.
5: I I, I love the conundrum of leadership. In decentralized, um, in a decentralized environment, it fascinates me. Um, I did learn the other day that Lunk is not as decentralized as I expected, and I did roll. I did start to understand more or less how the, the validators <clears throat> uh, have a similar, you know, proof of stake methodology in their say. So I thought that was interesting. But anyway, that's it. I just didn't want to take any shit from Wabi. Um, because you cut me off and I had my hand up. Other than that, I love you all.
2: <clears throat> no, we don't we don't take an issue from Wabi either. And there's a reason for that. It's because he's a he's a disrespectful person. Um yeah, he's like,
5: of, he's like a turd. He's like a turd kind of.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he he tries to steal other people's girlfriends and stuff like that, which is scummy. Um I'm not I'm not a fan of that kind of behavior personally. But yeah, the a lot of the narratives around Lunk are just false like the idea of it being decentralized in fact it only takes two people to take control of the chain and vote something through very quickly which is quite funny Um, given that all nodes as a validator has around 20 percent with their primary validator but they have been the the people um, running the nodes and uh, basically they they do a deal where they give they give any community member the possibility to run uh, a node for them for about 500 dollars a month so they can get stakers and stuff, and then there's a profit split between them. Um, but that means that they own the keys, they own the node, they own the infrastructure, they own the keys. So if they wanted to, they could just vote for whatever they like through that person's validator, which means that all nodes have something around, I think about 40% of the network now, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Um, it would only take them and like the second people to to vote anything through such as a merge. Hmm.
5: Interesting. So, if they subcontract out and they allow people to use their systems to create their own validators, it still rolls up to all nodes, is what you're saying they
2: create the they create the validator, they run the the metal, they run the server, um, and then because they created it, they have the keys and everything like that. they have like this it's the equivalent of a seed phrase for a wallet. They have the seeds, and then they just hand that over so people can vote and stuff, but they're the ones controlling it, they're the owners um the the ownership is never given to anyone else anyone. thank you
5: thank you let's get back to fun and games thank you guys
2: yeah i'm just saying you know if, if anyone tries to tell you that lunk is decentralized you must viciously strike them down
1: Xerox, ears, uh may i ask you a question please of course anytime what are your
6: uh, thoughts regarding Polkadot? I've been doing a lot of research on it recently, and personally, uh, I see a lot of advantages to Polkadot over the Cosmos ecosystem. And I was just curious if you, uh, you know ever looked into parachains. And... Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I know about Kusama. I know about uh, you know the various projects trying of trying to run on there. I know about Polkadot. It's, it's a nerds project. It's, um, it's for nerds. It's got the worst user experience of all time. Um, and they've run out of steam. Uh, I think the problem with Polkadot is, like in principle, the tech is good. and it's, But it's one of those projects that says, oh, the tech is so good, everyone will just come and use it because of how great it is. Um, and that has been proven to be the wrong approach time and time again. It's nothing about the tech. It's about the go-to-market. Um And they go-to-market's been dog shit. So they can
6: all, uh, they're all Do you just think that Parody's been doing like a shit job with marketing and advertising their good technology.
3: Yeah. I mean, even just making it accessible. Like, have you made a, a wallet just yet? I mean, it's like,
6: the I, most- I haven't. I don't even know where to go to make a wallet.
3: That's exactly. A it's thing. the most painful thing. It deletes your wallet as well if you don't put funds in it. Like, immediately. What? So, yeah. They, they Like your wallet gets deleted. No, it's it's awful. Try Go and try and make a wallet. And 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 come back and tell me what you think of Polkadot. <laughs> I'm
6: sorry, that's retarded. You should. That's that's just dumb as shit. Um, no, but I've I've just been diving into Polkadot a bit recently, and I find the concept of parachains very interesting. How they derive security from the relay chain. It's a very interesting, uh, I guess, the features that they have. Yeah, for sure. Um,
3: I mean, Kusama is like. It's supposed to be the canary chains, what they call it. It's like the test, the test chain to see if it works. Um, And really like not many people have used it. They had Moonbeam, which was like the EVM compatible thing on Kusama. And then they had Composable. The same guys who who make Composable tried to make an L1 called, uh, what was it called? I can't even remember. Anyway, that didn't really work out. I don't know how much TVL there is on either Polkadot or Kusama, but it's not very good. Um, it To me, it's kind of in the same category as Near, um, with this whole thing, like, you know, the the tech is great. Here's a big ecosystem fund. Like, let's go, let's go. But then nobody's turned up to use it. Um, so I don't know. That's my two cents. I wouldn't spend too long on it.
2: Is there any reason, jeba why you're investigating other ecosystems? Do you think that... What Doquan is building isn't good enough for you? Like, what? what's the reason behind the betrayal? I don't understand. Seems pretty shitty to me.
6: Uh, personally, Coach Bruce, I was uh, never on the side of Doquan, so uh, there was never a betrayal to even... I don't really play.
2: care, because you've spent enough time around us all now to know the truth. And you should be loyal to us. So and what
6: ju- might that truth be? <laughs>
2: The truth is that Do Kwon is the greatest founder in crypto right now. And when we look back in 20, 30 years, we'll regard him as the the new Steve Jobs, the greatest founder in the history of the world, the real pioneer right in the very vanguard of this this innovative realm of blockchain technology. So if you trust us and we are your friends and you regard us as intelligent and you can see the way our minds have unified, in a joint devotion and surrender and submission to Lord Doquan, then you should be loyal to us, even if not to him. And we say, Lord Doquan is the world's greatest founder.
6: Wow, that's, uh, that's quite the speech you've even Bruce. Um, however, I still am not going to change my thoughts regarding <laughs> Lord Doquan.
2: Right. Then, 30 years down the road, do you promise to never ask us for help? never come scurrying, never come scuttling to our door and never say, please, could you pay for my food? Because now you've been given the opportunity. We've extended our hands. And that's the only responsibility we ever have or ever will have. And your responsibility is to reach out and grab our hands back and be saved by the mercy of Do And if you fail to do that, then you accept all of the wrongs and ills and horrible circumstances of your life down the line.
6: Um, I accept whatever may come to me for, uh, turning away the hand of Lord Doquan, and if I happen to be in a situation where I am very poor and live in a cardboard box, I will not bother you.
2: There's a saying, it's,
1: fuck around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called being agnostic, right? <laughs> Proper word.
3: Something that you learn um, investing in hundreds and hundreds of crypto projects and really like a shotgun approach is it's more about the narrative and the team and their ability to execute and be resilient and fast. That is the most important thing. Second to
1: that is the tech. And third to that is how good their logo is. Those are the only things that matter. Bear.
7: Bruce, uh, uh, I think Bear's, uh comments should be put in writing maybe signed by the Council of Elders to prove to him in 20 or 30 years, listen man you said this shit, like what if these recordings disappear, right? We need a physical hard copy, maybe we'll etch that in metal mm-hmm. and keep it in a vault somewhere
2: I'm going to archive this I'm going to download it I'm going to upload it to Vokaroo. I'm going to upload it to upload.io I'm going to upload it to Dropbox. I'm going to upload it to the cloud. And I'm also going to crystallize it on the
1: blockchain. Yeah, you can put it on IPFS. I think anyone who rejects
2: Lord Do knowing as much as they know, hanging around us as much as they
1: have, is a piece of shit. Are you referring to me as a piece of shit? Yes. That's quite hurtful, Bruce. I think you should know better than not to call other people names.
2: When somebody is offered so much and is invited to hear the word, the gospel of Doquan, and be around loving, supporting friends, and they still reject the message, they have a heart that is full of bitterness and there should be no mercy for such people because the only way they'll learn is by being in dire straits of falling fully out of god's kingdom ending up in the gutter having their body kicked and beaten until they finally learn the lesson of what rejecting god results in
7: Uh, i'll be sure to uh pray for you today i'll spend maybe a few hours at the church and sit down at a pew look up at the Lord and and make sure that maybe uh, enough goodwill goes your way that maybe you'll change your mind. Um,
6: Thank you, Safi. That's what I'll do. Coach Bruce,
1: do you still love me, though? I might as well have never, ever spoken to you. (laughs) But, but remember
3: that a shepherd looks at his flock and some days he's frustrated. Sethi, can you hear me? Yes but I'd like to finish my analogy a shepherd looks at his flock and some days he'll be frustrated that the sheep will not go into the pen they will not be steered correctly through the opening between the wooden posts to get from one field to the other and he'll be cross but he knows that at the end the sheep uh, they you know they are themselves sheep will act as sheep do and they must eventually do the right thing and that's when the sheep dog, that's me, I'm the sheepdog. I'm going to come around behind you, Jebba, and I'm going to bark viciously. And you're going to go walk through those two wooden posts. And at that point, the shepherd can rest easy.
1: Jebba, were you here the other day when I told the story of Angulimala?
6: I don't believe I was. Would you like to give me a recap of said story?
2: Hmm. If if I have the permission of the council.
1: Mm, yes.
4: I, I say yes. And uh, you- hey, Wabi, you're not part of the council. Be quiet. I, I think I am part of the council. Piers, am I part of the council?
2: He's right. You're not part of the council.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I don't know. There is a council. Who's the council? The, uh, yeah, I thought I was a part There's of the council. Man.
4: We go way no, back. What's your position the way then? Back. Me? Uh, what's I'm your position?
1: Head
4: the right I'm, the, I'm the head of security. So you "I I regulate stuff, for a man. If anyone steps up to coach the wrong way, I say halt. Who goes there? Off with your head, infidel. You know."
2: And um, if that was true, you would have cut friends. With I, you cut off there, would you say? If that was true, you would have cut off the heads of your friends, such as M.O.M.
4: Oh, dude, he, he's in China, dude. Uh, No, I think Korea. He's in Korea. Dude. Hey, I,
5: I, I, I got a question for you, Sefi. Uh, okay. I got a question. Hey, Sefi, I got a question for you. Can you answer it?
2: I thought you wanted to hear the story of Angulimala.
6: Yeah, I do want to hear the story of Mala. Moonrise, can you please wait till Bruce is done telling his beautiful and intricate no, story?
5: No, I can't wait. I can't wait. Just let me ask my question to Sefi.
6: Hold on, man. Okay. Who goes
5: there? Off with your head! Don't talk to is. Coach Bruce. Is why ha- is why have Sefie. you allowed this person Sefie, can to Can you ask up my question? Speak? Hey, Sefi, can you ask my question?
1: Oh my God, Coach Moonrise, Coach, why man. are you like this? You allowed him just co-host. Jeffrey,
5: can you answer my question? No. no. Just answer, I need co-host. to answer it. I don't need you. Fuck you. I don't need you to answer. It. I need. Want, I want Seth. I to answer said it. no.
1: Tell him, Bloom. Tell well, him. fuck
5: you, bitch. You can't answer my fucking question.
1: Moonrise has no had a
5: bad questions. day.
3: I don't know what's going on with him.
2: Uh, hold on. I've I've removed him from the speakers for now because he was abusing the council to be gentle, Moonrise. You have to understand this. You have to be gentle and nice. And it's, a, it's not a right that you're allowed to come up to the council and speak. It's a privilege, and it always will be. The story of Angulimala is a story of redemption in the, the Buddhist scriptures. So Angulimala in, I think, Sanskrit means man uh, with a necklace of a thousand fingers. I think it means literally necklace of a thousand fingers. Angulimala was like a highway robber and a murderer. And he used to stalk the highways and the villages and kill people for their cash. So he'd, he'd steal the, the bags they were holding, like their jewelry, their watches, whatever else. <clears throat> he'd, he'd steal. I hate
6: to interrupt you, but you're kind of cutting in and out.
1: Oh. Is it for everyone or just you?
7: Sounds fun to me. Sounds fine to me. Sounds fine
2: to me. Sometimes when you hear something, sometimes when you don't want to hear something, your, your mind can just block it out. It's a common thing in meditation. Anyway, so Angulimala was this highway robber who murdered people. And Angulimala means necklace of a thousand fingers because every time he would kill somebody, he would cut off one of their fingers and stitch it onto his necklace to add another finger. And then he used to walk around with this huge, vast necklace of of all these fingers. So people would refer to him as Angulimala. You know, watch out for Angulimala. Um, that that was the lore about it. And then one day he's walking up the highway looking for his next victim. I think the the, the traditional story has him having only 999 fingers, so he's looking for his thousandth finger, right? And he looks ahead and he sees a person and starts to to follow them. But um, in reality, this is Lord Buddha. And what happens is is Angulimala is walking faster and faster to try and catch up with this person so he can kill them with his dagger. And the faster he walks, the further away Lord Buddha seems to get. And the mystery is this, the infuriating thing is this, that even though Angulimala is starting to run to try and catch up with the Buddha, and Lord Buddha looks as though he's walking very, very slowly, like at a very leisurely pace, Angulimala can never catch up like Lord Buddha seems to be getting further and further and further away. He can never catch up. So at a certain point, Angulimala is like running as fast as he can to catch up. And Lord Buddha still seems to be walking very, very slowly. And he never gets any closer at all. So he eventually is like, Jesus Christ, I'm never going to fucking catch this guy. And he collapses in a heap like, ah, you you motherfucker, like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And at that point, Lord Buddha turns around and like smiles and Angulimala starts to to beg him like please like teach me your powers like how do you do that i've never had anyone do that before and they enter a dialogue and angulimala ends up as his student and lord buddha teaches him the the precepts and the ways of meditation and you know the, the different levels of insight into his own mind and and eventually angulimala gets liberated and becomes a bodhisattva which is like a, a being dedicated to the liberation of all other beings um, and the story overall is a story of redemption it 's like no matter how much your past karma is, no matter how many times you've 've killed others, no matter whatever you 've done, there is still this this power of redemption, even for angulimala this this man who 's taken a thousand fingers from all of his victims, even he can be liberated and When I hear you speak disrespectfully in these spaces, Joba i 'm remembering this story i 'm remembering it very clearly I think. You are the version in the 21st century of Angulimala. You are the one who has disrespected Lord Do Kwan. But even you has a chance for redemption. There is no blocking out of you. This, this hand, this invitation, this spiritual invitation will be left open to you for you to take whenever you like. But please never ever blame us for the fact that you have rejected Lord Doquan. That is not on us. That is on you.
6: Bruce, that was a very, very
1: beautiful story, and thank you for sharing it with me. Didn't someone want to ask Sophie a question? Yes. Um, <clears throat>
4: ears, I saw you drew that uh, lovely photo of a coach. Uh, are you able to do the same with myself? I'll send you some cookies, some special cookies in my yeah. special oven.
3: Um, give me a picture of yourself. And I will turn it into some fan art. Mm, yay! I'm
4: happy, man. I'm happy. Maybe for Christmas, you know. Last Christmas you we got Luna Christmas. at a hundred dollars. Maybe this Christmas I'll get like another PFP
3: or something. Yeah, yeah. I can get you a. I can make you into a Christmas, into a Santa.
1: Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So alright.
2: King Wabby, when do yeah, you think it's... you'll ascend? When do you think you'll ascend out of the realm of uh animalism and just consuming food all day and stuffing your face to get bigger and bigger?
1: When when am I gonna what?
2: Evolve out of the realm of pure animalism.
4: Uh <laughs> Mmm. Maybe in 20 years, 25 years. Um, but yeah, in a few years, um I'll likely move to Greenland and become a farmer for the rest of my life. Either that um or uh buy a plot of land in Japan and just become a monk for the rest of my life and just train in the arts uh of the sword. Yeah. <laughs> One of those, one of those two things, man. So,
7: Uh,
1: I have katanas.
7: I have some katanas. Periodically, what I do is I go in the backyard and I throw fruits up in the air and I cut them in half. So you're like a fruit slicer, like fruit slicer stuff like
1: that. He's the fruit ninja. Ninja oh, was actually uh, based off of yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bloom, are you there? Can you hear me, Bloomer? Uh, Mr. Bloomer, uh, Bloom Life Skills, are you there? I believe you've
6: scared off Jonathan.
1: Uh, mm, so this
7: merge thing is it a sexual thing? Oh. <laughs> What are we talking about? Like, what's the title of this space all about? Merging can feel good.
4: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the last time we had a merge, it wasn't really pleasant. It was just
1: down only after that.
7: Last time you made a merge, Wobby, did you make like a baby? Do you have like a, a small baby after it?
4: No. Uh, I, I did not have a small baby after that. Uh, do
7: you, you want to merge with a female one day and make a baby or not really?
4: Yeah, eventually, of course. Uh, that'll, that'll, uh, what age uh, you give
6: your uh, I'll, baby I'll, story I'll,
4: consi- I'll consider myself very lanky. I think if you have children, you're very lanky. You
7: know? is, be- is this before or after the trip to the Japanese ninja monastery?
4: <laughs> who knows man
7: it, it could be during that process right so you want a japanese girl out there
1: uh he's like uh a th- he wants a japanese girl too maybe no find one though. no not not
4: not 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 exactly maybe like a caramel skinned um chubby girl with with some good tna um Long black hair, caramel skin, almond-colored eyes, thick thighs, nice bouncy butt, bodacious boobies that bounce, and uh, maybe
2: has an ooh-oo voice. Robbie, can I make that intuition?
4: i actually know one of these girls coach and i told her about you and i showed her a photo of your old profile picture and she's like oh wow coach bruce he's so cute and i'm not even kidding when i say that um
2: <laughs> Wabby, you, What's sound, up, you sound like today before you got on this space that you've eaten about 60 ostrich eggs and you've had a riboflavin and iodine and selenium overdose and now you're uh,
4: Mm, comatose no but i did have a slice of cake uh and a nice big pita uh sandwich and uh, a good glass of uh of a berry smoothie of a berry smoothie with uh grape juice
7: that's a lot of information uh so yeah where were we um you're
4: talking about having babies during the ninja. Yeah. So this woman the ninja
7: monk. Is this, artist this. This woman. Do you describe like is that like maybe a reflection of maybe like how your mother was or like 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 what 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 are we talking like who are you looking for exactly bigs boob big butt that's what the deal is
4: <laughs> a, a a sweet a sweet girl dude who's nice loving and caring and very soft very feminine you know um, nice. okay yeah with soft features caramel skin almond colored eyes kind of like uh um you know that girl who played uh Catwoman and Batman like zoe 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 Kravitz, like that like really soft features, you know um she was also in Creed, she plays uh the main characters like love interest, so or like, so like Alicia a really Keys. nice a really nice com-
7: like uh yeah like alicia Keys. Like oh, Alicia okay, yeah. Keys, yeah, yeah sure,
1: yeah.
4: sure, yeah. How about yourself, Coach? Uh, what kind of women do you
1: do you like? I missed that. I was just uh, washing up.
7: Uh well, mm. I think we've I think we've heard about some of like. Uh, mm. Bruce is sort of like uh, female interests and things like that. I I think it'd be interesting to find out like like who is Slinky on the hunt for lately. Slinky, are you still there? Like, what is your uh, romantic uh, strategy at this moment? Like, it's one thing to go on DeFi protocols and like stake your lunk or whatever the fuck, but like, how are you finding yourself a man? That's the question I have for you. Am I right or what? Uh oh, we have like thumbs up, thumbs up. She must be at work or something.
2: She's stalking me as well, Sophie. They all laugh for some reason. I think they saw me as like CEO number one of Lunkdow or something. It's this weird, like primal female
1: attraction in all of them. It's it's very strange. Yeah, it's pretty common. It's pretty common. Uh, you'll
3: probably find, like, if you will cast your minds back well, at least I can certainly cast my mind back to being 18 years old and you live in a small bubble and maybe you get the bus and there's a a pool of men on that bus and that's the entire world for that group of women. And if you are the one guy who's at the back on the back seat, the cool guy, the number one guy on that bus, even though objectively you're not exactly special, because you're the number one guy on that bus, you are now the most attractive man in the universe and every single woman on that bus will try and go on dates with you and be with you. However, if you, if you take a step back, you realize that this Twitter space is like the school bus. Coach is on the back seat. Um, he's chilling. He's, he's the cool guy on the back seat. Every woman in the space says, Coach, he's the guy. He's the guy on the back seat. But they don't realize that I'm driving the fucking bus, so I've got no time for any of this nonsense. Um, Sefi, he is trapped in the luggage compartment uh, he's with all the bags, and we can hear him very, very quietly. Um, whoa, 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 Ears, you skipped me, brother.
2: You were run over. You're one of the. You're a badger that's <laughs> run over by the bus. Run over by the bus? Come on, you're, you're man, a weasel, a badger that's been run over, and
6: a dead not, rodent underneath the tires. I am not. I'm not <laughs> a rodent.
2: And uh, rise is like the homeless guy who walks along the side of the road, and it's going to scoop you up and eat you.
3: <laughs> I, keep le- I keep letting him on the bus. I keep opening the door, and everyone says, Fucking don't let him back on hey, the bus. When you're hungry. When you're get hungry.
2: Ryze keeps getting on the bus with his fucking beavers that he's scooped up. Fucking disgusting. Come on
4: now, dude. You got to give me more credit than that. It's about how, how long have we known each other, guys? Like a
2: year and a half? Come on, man.
6: Not long enough to get any credit, apparently.
2: Nobody owes you anything, man. We start fresh in every moment.
1: I felt the bump in X drove over you.
7: So to change the topic a little bit. So um uh, we haven't discussed this uh so I did this uh personality or no, wait, whatever wait, test. Wait. wait.
2: Miss Slinky's been trying to oh, speak. S-
7: no, she's AFK I think. She's got her hand up.
2: She's no. Busy.
1: No, she wants trying to say to something. To speak. She keeps messaging me like why is therapy you interacting me and stuff. She's really mad now. Go ahead, Miss Slinky. It's okay. Don't listen to the big bad wolf. Everything will be okay. You can speak. Don't don't let some random internet doctor, who's not even a real doctor, suppress your your right to speak. Look what you did, Safi. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah,
2: uh, she's quite shy, you know. She's um. She's told me before in a long series of DMs that she is, oh, Coach Bruce, will you please be my meditation teacher? Please. I'm trying to overcome shyness. Please help me blossom into the female I can be. I know that deep inside my core is this this dormant femininity that craves to blossom. Please help me. I've been suppressed by people like Sephi, And this thing has gone on for a long time. And... um Now she's in this avoidant pattern where it's like the longer she waits to speak, the more it builds up and the more pressure she feels to somehow be funny. But I'm here to say she doesn't need to be funny. She can be exactly as she is. And we're going to accept that. Okay. well, you made her feel uncomfortable, Sefi, but maybe um, we can switch to you. I guess you got what you wanted in the end to have the limelight and to suppress hers.
1: She's left now. How do you feel about that, Seffi? Are you proud of yourself?
7: Mm, It's not my fault. Bruce did something. Some sort of DMs in the background or something went down here. I'm not sure what.
1: Do do thumbs down if you think that Sefi has bullied her out of this space. Bruce personality. Bruce, may I interject quickly?
2: Well, it was um, it was Seffi who wished to talk about personality tests.
4: It doesn't let me give a thumbs up or a thumbs down, so uh, I don't think it's Seffi's fault. I think Seffi's cool, man. I message uh, Seffi all the time, dude. You know, telling him that I feel lunky, that I'm all lunked out, that I love lunk. You know. Instead of that, you know, that song that goes like, what Although is Labe, love? He
7: hasn't figured out that I don't care. I don't know why. <laughs> sending, why do you keep sending me those DMs? <laughs> like, I, like,
4: I honestly find it amusing.
7: I, I am amusing. I, I, I just try to figure out why you keep <laughs> sending them to me.
4: I amuse myself with it, dude, because I know you read them and I know it makes you laugh. So. And that says, what is, um, you know, that song that goes like, what is love? Baby, you don't hurt me. Well, instead of that, right, you say, what is lunk? (laughs) You know? (laughs) The (laughs) pronounce.
7: All right, you freak. Listen, um, so, yeah, Bruce had me do a, um, like, like, what do you call it? It's like a personality test or it's a test of your, like, I guess, um, I don't know, like, it's an autism scale of some kind. Uh, Bruce, do you have that link to post for people to try it? Um,
2: you mean the the eye emotion test?
7: Yeah, the eye emotion. So what you do is you go on this site. Wait one sec, on so my um, okay. It's going to show pictures of uh, different people and only shows their eyes. You know, no nose, facial muscles, smiles, etc. And the concept is you're supposed to look at that and you'll have an, four different options um, as far as like what emotional state you believe this person's in. Like, are they confused? Are they you know, bewildered? Are they, um, excited? Are they happy? Whatever. And the idea is you look at just their eyes and I believe they use eyes from like the UK. Um, so I don't know how relevant it is if you're not used to people from like, I don't know, Northern Europe or something, but, um, it, so this like test where you interpret like what this person is sort of thinking based on the appearance of their eyes. Um, I think some are, of them are a little bit more obvious. A lot of them, it's, uh, like, y- y- clearly you have to have some sort of aptitude for this sort of thing. Um, and the idea is like, if you can't sense a person's emotional state using their eyes and your score is really low, I think Bruce was saying that it correlates strongly with, uh, autism. There is, I think there are like 36 questions on there. And out of those, I think I got like twenty-four or twenty-six, something like that, correct. And that implies that, and that was I think twenty or thirty percent higher, thirty uh, percent higher than the. Um,
2: no, you're wrong about that. It's just it, it was only twenty-seven percent higher than than. Uh, uh, you were basically you were higher than twenty seven percent of participants. It wasn't twenty percent higher than the the mean or anything like that. You were in fact down in the gutter, sepi Twenty yeah. seven percent higher. You than you, most you, you you beat like if there are hundred people in the pool of people who've taken it, you beat twenty seven of them.
4: Uh, I scored a twenty four uh, uh, on the test.
2: Twenty seven percent. That was what the stat is. I looked it up after just to check.
7: Mm, okay. So my ability to des- detect what people are thinking by their eyes is terrible then, apparently?
2: Yeah, for this test, for, for Caucasians. I mean, it, there's also things like, racial. I know you come from the Congo, so you're going to be worse at, at doing different
1: races.
7: Yeah. Like the tribes there, they don't have that's, eyes like these. So anyway, I did this you're test. you from the Congo? Yeah, but look, yeah.
2: Look, um, a few interesting things about this test. So, so number one, it's like the it's the gold standard autism test developed by Simon Baron Cohen, who is the cousin of Sasha Baron Cohen, who is the, you know, the, the actor guy behind Borat and, and Ali G and all these other things. So that's kind of a cool connection. Who Who is Ali G coach? You can look it up on YouTube. Both of them very smart people. And um, well, this go on. This test is interesting in many ways because it's not subject to any kind of um, self-image or self-enhancement bias. Like you might do an autism quiz where it asks you like, you know, how much do you enjoy socializing? Can you track multiple conversations at the same time? Do you think you're perceptive of other people's emotions and stuff like that? But all of that is 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 down to your own discernment of yourself. Whereas this test is quite interesting because you either get it or you don't. On a very fundamental level, like it, the gut impression seems to be best, and also from experience, handing this test out to thousands of people for scorpion doubt applications, I know for a fact that the more you think about it, the more you analyze, the more you tend to confuse yourself, and actually, uh, you know, you, you lay, it leads to more errors analyzing, which is fascinating. Um, the original reason I came up yeah, with, yeah, like
7: was- the like the one Wabi posted up top here, this one is subject to oh, two things: one, it's subjective subject to like your interpretation it's subject to you maybe not wanting to be having some traits so you tend to prefer others and you you project your wishes onto the test as opposed to your actual reality exactly. and then the other thing is like you may not be able to even self-assess yourself um because you may not even be able to like in some ways fully un- understand the question if you don't uh understand like you know like why why are they bothering you asking me this
2: yeah most so it's people it's like
7: say, uh, a lot of different biases with what the type of test Wabi posted up top, but like the eye test would be like, well, this presumption that you can like base, based on your ability to sense other people's emotions via their eyes, that somehow like that has a like um tendency to describe, I guess, like what, but then what, like, what do they mean from the perspective of like, uh what is autism from their perspective? Right. Like wh- what type of autism are we talking about? Do,
4: do you guys think Jerome Powell has autism or some like some form of it
7: no idea
2: <laughs> but just the, the, the typical like clinical um, characteristics of of autism diagnosed by you know the DSM or whatever that that's what they mean but um the the yeah, the interesting thing about it is the test is kind of immune to any kind of self-image or self-enhancement or self-distortion bias or wanting to believe you're a certain way or something like that, which is super common in all other personality tests that are um, quiz-based. It's um it's fascinating. The the test norms and uh, averages are like, so 27 out of 36 is the average population. Then 28 out of 26 is, is college graduates, you know, people who've had Significant higher education, so the the population um, mean is only one below. Around twenty one and below typically diagnoses Asperger's about fifty percent or more at the time, and when you're getting to around fifteen or under, that's like proper autism. As opposed, there are as- some
7: there are some interesting like just the the from taking the test. I, I felt like there were some interesting um, ideas being presented there, though. Too, I, this is what I wanted to kind of cover with you. So. Some of the uh, a- like test answers were like, okay, is this person bewildered or confused or something like that? Like, to some extent, like, again, maybe that's my autism showing or whatever the fuck, right? Like, like do I, like, I wasn't sure that I would have believed there was a really strong, like, eye, set of eye features that would go along simply with someone being, confused or bewildered, generally speaking, like, and it's one thing to watch, look at a static picture of the eyes. And it's another thing to say, analyze specific eye movements, like, for example, if you believe someone's lying, or if you if someone has not had enough sleep, for example, and they're tired, they tend to blink really fast. Um, You know, the blink rate is higher, for example, or like some of the images, uh, their quality wasn't particularly very good. Like you can't tell if their pupils are dilated or not, right? So like and then I deal with a lot of people that make like actually have pathological states of the eyes, right? So like uh, you know, maybe they're like uh, for example, um, various states of delirium. Like I, I see actual confused people all the time, and you can tell that they're um delirious and such just by kind of like just the general interaction, but there's nothing specific about the eyes that would tell you that they're delirious. I can promise you that. Like You you have to really go into an executive function thing to really sort that out. So some of the things that it's testing, I'm not sure make any sense, like the answer choices that are given. So some of them, I was just like guessing. I'm like, um, am I supposed to pick Bewildered for some of these? Like, I don't even know. Like, I, I thought it was an interesting test. It
2: doesn't, it doesn't really matter what the- It may
7: not matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't may not matter. matter. If, if, if the test is validated, it may not matter, right? Yeah. Like my opinion it, of it may not matter.
2: It's kind of like the, the gold standard to sure. correlate with all it doesn't matter what the test of itself, um or, or even the the meaningfulness of the the ability to do it. Like in real life you might uh you know, correlate all kinds of things like the, the agitation of the person, as you said yesterday, the voice tone or whatever else. There's yeah, a thousand yeah. things that will bring bring into it, right? Um so I, I don't see any real meaningfulness of itself but it certainly is like the gold standard in terms of if you do badly on this test there's a very correlation tie high, high. there's a very high chance that you, you're going to have autism and and it's it's like very low probability that there's as much exception to that the um what was i going to say again i was gonna I'll remember in a minute
7: so the other thing that was interesting about this is um you, you can look at it from the flip side so if there are these types of things that can be demonstrated in about someone's emotional state based on how their eyes look at that moment, you know, how they're maybe uh, how their eyelids are partly closed or maybe how their eyebrows are furrowed or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, or maybe like one eye is slightly asymmetric compared to the other. Like there was a bunch of features I was looking at on the image to see, like, you know, maybe I was analyzing it too much or something. Um, so looking at the images, um, one of the things that, was, that came to mind is like, wait, if it's possible to express emotion, um, and are these involuntary motions or these are actors that are showing like voluntary, um, like they're actually acting out these eye movements. And that led me to the separate question is, um, how good like could an actor possibly be? Like imagine, a I don't know, like a Tom Cruise or someone who's really popular um, people who you really enjoy watching in movies and stuff like that. Right. Like a Will Smith or something. Not Will Smith. What's his name? Um, Denzel Washington or Tom Cruise or something like that. So you watch these people. I wonder how much the reason why people enjoy watching those people in movies and such has to do with their ability to use features like their eyes to send you emotional cues in the audience to make you feel a certain way. And you you can essentially act those out too. So if there's such a thing as people that are relatively autistic in recognizing emotional cues, there's probably the other side of the token too, where there's certain people that can manipulate those exact cues and mass manipulate lots of people or act or whatever. And they can do it probably naturally to some extent, like, you know, where, um, their glance is really, really, um, expressive like the like the immediate first ones that came to mind were tom cruise and denzel washington like yeah if you think back at like tom cruise or denzel washington's movies you think back you go wait a minute like there's a lot of interesting uh like things they do with their eyebrows and squinting their eyes and this and that to express emotion and it's really fun to watch these actors uh because of a lot of their facial expressions and their personality. i have a question for you
5: I have a question for you. Does Sethi? it
7: have anything to
5: do with what we're talking about, man?
2: Yes, it does. Right, Rise, be very careful because this is your one opportunity
5: to shine. Yeah, it does. Um, I have a question for you. Can you answer it?
2: No, you you have to apologize to Sefi first.
5: Do you ever shut the fuck up?
4: I I can't hear Rise, man.
2: Nobody can. We muted him.
4: Yes. Oh, Jesus, do you. Mm. You guys saw the way he came at me as well, dude. I'm like, hey, who goes? I'll, there? I'll, yeah. I'll take his spot. Like, I'll, I'll take a spot as a
1: contributor. So, anyway,
7: if anyone wants to take the test and, like, you know, chat about it at some point, it's the third one from the left up top. Coach posted it socialintelligence.labinthewild.org. It's pretty cool. You might learn something about it not yourself or whatever. It's pretty neat.
2: Yeah. I, I definitely think capacity to do well on this test is correlated to ability to trick others. If you like, <laughs> like I maxed out that test and I'm pretty good at, uh, making others believe anything. And, uh, well,
7: if you, if you max it out though, you can probably like, if you can sense a person's emotional state, then you can probably speak to that emotional state, whether or not you use your eyes to do it or not at that point
2: it may not yeah. be relevant. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Lucas is the other guy who got four marks on that test and we're pretty similar. Like we identified each other online as being pretty similar kind of people, um, like personality wise and stuff, kind of trickster characters. Um, so that's quite cool. Um, the other interesting thing is that you either get it or you don't. Like when I went through that test, every single one was obvious, except I think there was one that was a little bit ambiguous, which was like one of the female's. Um, I can't remember the exact question because I did it, I think, a year ago now. But it was like something to do with the the attractive expression of a female. One of them was a little bit ambiguous, but the rest of them were just like obvious, as obvious as 2 plus 2, which was interesting, right? Because when other people do it, they say, like, how can you discern between that and that? Surely, like, that's – but all of that that analysis is just the, the lack of, of fundamental knowing of what it is. Right. But there's only
7: a certain number of things on the actual – when it comes to the eyes and the anatomy that you're actually looking at, really, because you're looking at, like, the separation between, like, the eyelids and the iris the, and such, not, and you're yeah. looking at, right? So a lot of the things that are happening in your brain as the receiver is all subconscious, so it's like you can't – like, and then the thing is, can you train on it if you know what the actual cues are? Which you yeah. probably can, some extent.
2: To some degree, yeah, but you would imagine that um... – a reasonably smart autistic person who's gone through life for such a long time would have kind of dialed in onto many of these things, right but they yeah. have to, some reason. I think
7: it'd be more likely to be instantaneous for some uh, like there's no question like like some of these techniques are used for like CIA like advanced interrogation, and they're used for kinds of um, like spy versus spy techniques and things like that too. It's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. But like my,
2: my experience, and I think Lucas's was just that we just knew them. Like gut impression instantly. No analysis at all. The the presence of analysis means that you just don't have that. That part of your brain is missing. And you when you when if you were to scan inside your brain, you'd see like half a brain. I think Ears did pretty well. What did you get Ears? I think you were like 33 or something. I can't remember.
3: I can't remember. I can't remember. But it's like. Yeah, sometimes you have to stop and go. Hmm, is this confusion or is he scared? But it's like those little nuances um, are, are the whole point of the test. Yeah, I, 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 would, exactly- I
7: would think it's gonna. It'd be easier though if you're from UK and see that type of people though a lot more often. No, there are definitely differences in like brow structures and lots of other things for non UK.
2: No, so- you 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 use the opposite argument many times, Seppi. You often argue that you've seen so many people in so many situations and so many personality types that you, you know a lot of, nothing surprises you anymore. That, so You cannot be using the opposite argument to defend yourself in different cases. You I are wonder,
7: I wonder also if it's possible, Bruce, like if your mind state when you're actually reviewing them matters. Like, for example, if you're a highly sort of like uh, you're, you're thinking about the test too much does that change like the way you behave when you start picking things right? Like, or do you think over analysis doesn't matter? Like at the, um,
2: end of the- <clears throat> what I've noticed is that the, the first answer anyone gives is usually their most accurate guess, which is quite interesting. And people tend to fuck themselves up by analyzing. The only other thing about this test, which people do fuck up is that it's not a vocabulary test. It's a eye reading emotion test. So, one thing that some people did, with, they were like, yeah, I completed the test, but I didn't understand like what aghast means and all these other words mean. And I'm like, it's not a vocabulary test. You can look it up, obviously. So they didn't understand that. So some people had like a few fewer points um, due to just not understanding what, what it was actually testing. So you can look it up if there are any words or you're not a native English or whatever. Like the French version has all of the translations and stuff. So, yeah, whatever.
7: Yeah, very, very interesting. I I think, uh, to me, it's especially interesting from the angle of the other way around. It's like, the, uh, you know, because I, generally, like, when it comes to, like, audiences in person, like, when it comes to lectures and things like that, I connect pretty well. I get, like, asked to speak for companies and uh, speaking for, like, uh, conferences and things like that all the time. So, you know something about like maybe the way I speak or like the how I connect with the audience seems to resonate in that kind of public space um and I don't know how much of it is like is it what I'm saying is it my facial expressions what is it about that but there's definitely certain people I've met in my life um I don't know if you want to call it like a certain type of alpha male or what it is but I've met at least a couple of people that are extremely magnetic right like extremely to the point where it's like, I don't even fucking know you. I'm not gay, but I'm going to come hang out with you. Cause like, you're awesome. You know what I mean? Like, have you, like, have you met people like that?
3: Um, yeah, yeah. I'm by curious as well. Sefi. Um, I it's find pretty rare it,
7: though.
2: Yeah. It's
1: rare. Very attractive. See him in the mirror every day.
7: Yeah. I mean, if you see him in the mirror, yeah, that's, 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 that's certainly excellent. But what I'm saying is like, if, you, if you're if you not that type of person and you meet those type of folks, it's a very specific sort of, like, phenotype. Um, I think some of the biggest, like I said before, like some of the biggest actors in the world, uh, like, when you go to watch, I don't know, like a Tom Cruise or, like, a Denzel Washington, people like this, you're not necessarily watching them because they're playing a certain character and they're dramatically different in their way of, uh, like, exemplifying that character in every... Um, you know, a uh, uh, movie or whatever, you're going to watch them because of that particular person, right? You're going because you're interested in the, the the quirks of their facial expressions, their personality type, whatever. And um, so like those big name movie actors tend to make the movie in many ways, even if the movie like content is sometimes so-so, you're like, okay, I'll go because it's so-and-so on it or, you know, this, this person's on it and they're really magnetic to watch. And I think like Hollywood tends to look for that like ultra magnetic personality um I, I think like uh whether you like him or not politically like i think uh a guy like um uh what's his name uh john f kennedy had a bit of that obviously you had like i think obama had that like that kind of um sort of like x factor in front of people uh so there, there were certain politicians like that that have done that um and they're not that common actually like you'll go through like several election cycles and these people like you know, you know it's like they're boring kind of um so yeah that magnetism is uh interesting and maybe hard to replicate
3: yeah it's like when i went to see blade runner 2049 i expected that i'd be watching it for anna de armas because she's a very attractive woman but it's a very I found movie that ryan gosling movie. was actually the man the person i was watching the most and the most attracted to is that why you were identifying as a joe um, not too long ago,
4: zero X years, because, you know, uh, in, in the movie, that AI, um, you know, starts calling um, whatever his name is, Ryan Gosling. I forgot. I think it was Detective K or something. And uh, she says that he's a good Joe. Is that why you identified as a Joe
3: a while back? Um, No, no, I, I didn't re- remember that at all. I didn't remember that about the movie. Yeah, I remember
4: like the giant hologram of, of uh of uh of that AI pops up and you know, she says, Oh, you look lonely, you look like a good Joe. And that was kinda like their thing. You know. You
7: All know, right, I thought just... about this. you know, uh when you watch like B movies, you know, like where the actors are kind of like second rate or whatever. Well you'll... this movie is it's like a class, man. Not this, is. I'm just talking about in general. Like if you okay. if like, you watch B movies you'll notice that like the actors, you can understand why they're second rate actors. It's like their ability to like spontaneously express emotion is not as good. Like maybe Bruce, this is what like I'm talking about. Like the training effect to some extent is like, uh, yeah, you could be some sort of actor, right? If you can train yourself to do some of these things, but you're a really great actor when you have that, like instinctually and instantaneously in every single thing you do. And that shows on screen when when people are watching that type of person. Right. And I think those people also will tend to get a lot of offers for movies and shit like that. Like, uh, I don't know, like Brad Pitt's another example of this. There's there's certain people that like, I don't know, they sort of exude a certain magnetism that I think um, they get more movies because they're magnetic. But they're not just magnetic to their audience. They're magnetic to the like producers and fucking everybody else, and so like they 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 like win everything because it's a winner take all deal they 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 impress everyone around them, and um yeah i've I've met a, at least a couple of people like that um historically, and it's very impressive every time you watch it in action so i like I'm not claiming to be that by any stretch of the imagination, I'm just like saying that like seeing it actually seeing it in action is very interesting if you're if you're not that type of person,
2: hmm yeah. I think for the average person, it's quite hard to separate their own homosexual desire for that actor on the basis of his, his like tremendous net worth and fame and stuff from their actual objective perception of his acting skill. I think most people are just lusting. And I think, as Ears has said many times before, like when he watched the 1992 Pearl Jam concert with Eddie Vedder um, on the main stage and saw him leap into the audience and the way his hair you know, flung behind his head and stuff. He experienced a very strong bisexual kind of attraction there. And I think most people, if they're honest with themselves, as honest as Xerox is, they have a similar thing when they see these actors like Denzel or Brad Pitt or whoever on screen. It's, it's really a, a, a sexual magnetism to the, the, the person who is perceived to be right at the top of the hierarchy of social status. Coach, I feel the I'm
7: same. Not, I'm not so sure it's like... I'm not so sure the emotion is the same as sexual. I think it's more like there's some kind of like command capability that some people have. I, I don't know that it's necessarily like, a, like, like I know that people say that kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah, it's like it's like some sort of closet or not closet, but like some sort of repressed, like homosexual, whatever. I don't think that's exactly it. I think there's just some people that just have this amazing sort of command presence that um that like is just undeniable i don't know that it's like it's like triggering the inner gay in every other man or some bullshit like that i just don't see that as likely are you Steffi, denying the inner gay yeah i'm denying the inner gay yes
4: teffy i i feel the same way when i see like queen latifah on screen or i see lizzo perform um i don't really feel that way towards men but like when i see a bodacious woman and then of course then I, everything that Coach Bruce described about, you know, 0x years going to that Pearl Jam concert and seeing Eddie Van Halen, you know, perform jump. I feel the same way when I see Lizzo dance, dancing around and shaking her bomb bomb.
7: You know what? Like, the other thing here is, Bruce, like, do you think, like, uh, this quality that I'm talking about is more common in men or women? I think it's more common in men. And the reason I think that is because when you look at how much like just look at how much like movie actors are paid compared to actresses, that effect is not just some sort of like industrial sexism or some shit. It's because that extreme level of magnetism, like I can rattle off on my like, you know, couple of hands examples of that sort of thing in in men. You can't find that as frequently in women even if they're very attractive, like you could be a, like a 10 or whatever to have amazing acting skill. just totally hot and fucking amazing in the movie. Otherwise, but that same magnetism is not noticeable among sort of like women actors to me, like that I've seen. And I think that's reflected in like how popular movies are and like box office sales and all that shit. Like, and the male can do this to both other men and women. Women can sort of, I don't know, like, I guess you could uh, induce a sexual attraction. I don't know if it's the same command effect, like that. I'm thinking of you. See what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, like you're you're communicating a deep gayness. Women get paid more to be static. Men get paid more to be in motion.
7: Do mm, so you think it's maybe just like the way that women are used in movies that it's not like reflective of reality somehow? Or no, I'm I'm just giving a general fact, like modeling
2: and stuff. Women far more obviously. Like there's the, the, the static sexual attraction side of it is, is way more like the, the pay is not even comparable, but yeah, you're right. in in movies and stuff, um, for sure they're paid more. It's, it's quite hard to separate things though, I guess, because, um, like if there was somebody of equal talent to a Tom Cruise or whoever, just what roaming around the streets, what would their life be like? Very different, right? Like, w- would you really notice them as much? Do you see what I mean? It's like it's it's I think
7: you would. No, I think I think that's where I think that's when I've see, met people like this on the street or like people that um like I got to know somewhat casually. um uh, When you meet at least like one or two people like that, you're very impressed that they exist. Like it's one thing to say you've been brainwashed or sort of like, uh I don't know, like with re- repetition, you've watched some movies or something like that. But it's a different thing when you actually meet people like that just randomly, spontaneously, and they impress very, very quickly, right? Like, it's, I don't know, it's its a thing. And I i think most of us uh, probably only meet one or two people like that in our life. Um, you know, it's, I don't think it's statistically very common. You know, that's why, like, you don't, it's very hard for, like, movie, uh, like, Purdue, like, in a country of, like, Several hundred million people, it's not that easy to find these types of people necessarily and actually find them to act in your movie or whatever the fuck, right? And I guess you have to have a mixture of that characteristic plus the ability to act and a few other things. So that reduces the likelihood that they're going to show up and be in front of you, right? But that sort of like X factor personality thing, I don't think it's that common. Like I can, on and my personal life, I can only recall like one or two examples maybe of it. And it's way more common to see that among the movie elite type, you know, male crowd. It's I don't know. That's just my observation.
1: What's your favorite movie with Sefi? What's your favorite movie? I don't know. Mine
4: is, mine is Hook um, with Robin Williams.
1: What about your 0x years? What's your favorite movie? Um... I don't know. Uh, I like Into the Wild. I like Into the Wild. That's a movie with a soundtrack written
3: by Eddie Vedder,
1: which is why. Coach Bruce,
4: what about your favorite movie? What's your favorite movie?
2: I've never been into watching anything really, Um, or spectating anything, or um, TV shows or anything like that. Prefer to live Webby. prefer to create a movie than watch one.
4: They, so, you were never into like Power Rangers or nope. Digimon or wrestling?
2: No, I was busy drawing on napkins
1: and shit. Oh, so you're an artist. I was a theater kid myself. Well, what about you, level 10 noob? What's your favorite movie? Well, I don't know. Between Bambi and Brokeback Mountain? Uh, Just a quick, uh, uh, quick update. Uh, a guy in the comments,
3: Kemil, Kemil Keklik, has been asking Will one lunk equal one lunar in the merge? The answer is absolutely not, for fuck's sake. Jesus
2: wept. But do you Sorry. know? I don't know the exact tokenomics, though, so
3: there's no. No, yeah. I
2: don't.
3: I don't know the exact tokenomics. Is, is it is actually going to happen?
2: Uh, well, it seems that way, but we don't know really. Um, beta males. This, don't know. Listen, beta males say, will it happen? Alpha males, make it happen. Dude, because like, yeah.
4: if, if it does happen, then then, like, you know, Luna does have a chance to go to top 10 in the next two years, man. Hopefully they, they have a, another Ponzi in their, like, anchor. Or a pylon protocol. I remember farming the crap out of that uh, IDO that they had in June. It was like the craziest thing ever, dude. It was this IDO that Doe, it was this IDO platform that was on Terra, and Doe uh, was shilling it back in like April of last year, two months before the IDO of that IDO platform (laughs) even launched. And when it did, you know. When the event did uh, occur, you had about two hours um, you know, to make various wallets and just fill them up with UST. It was the wildest Ponzi ever, dude. Hopefully those times come back, man.
3: They will. They'll be back. And they'll be, they'll be sooner than everyone thinks, as long as the two chains do merge. I've changed my mind. I think the merge is probably the right thing. I think it's the right route. That's yep. my personal opinion. One of the
2: main supporters of the merge is down here, Anne. Anne's one of the people in the community pushing for the merge. Um, I think she's from where's she from? Denmark or somewhere, Germany. I can't remember. What was the yeah. Netherlands: Yeah, she's one of the main people pushing for the merge aggressively and quite brave of her as well, because she's seeing a lot of lashback from the whole community, you know, to defend what she thinks is right as somebody more intelligent. Than the majority is beautiful. She's a person with an IQ of 145.
8: You're absolutely not right.
2: I think we've all seen your post, Sam.
8: No! You didn't read it right.
4: And that PFP is absolutely terrifying, man.
1: What? Sorry? Didn't hear you. I just need to moderate this.
3: Uh, Wait. So Coach has said that Anne is a supporter of the merge. Anne has come to confront Coach and say that's not the case. Now, how do we know who's telling the truth? Uh, I will be the moderator in this debate. Um, Anne, would you like to state your case for why you think you are not a supporter of the merge?
8: I did a poll. And my words were, are you for or against working together with Luna? 2.0, Two point oh, and the question was.
4: Uh, it, it says that she's a listener,
1: on my end.
8: I'm a speaker. D- do you hear me?
1: Yeah, and just keep talking. and screwing with you. um, no, um
2: come back up Come back, baby. I'll remove you.
8: Okay, my. Question was for the Luna Classic community to answer, are you for or against working together with Luna 2.0? That's a whole other thing than a merge. So um, working together is perfectly fine. I think that's a very good idea working together in the Cosmos system when we update a chain and we can Work together and provide from each other's. Um, mm.
1: So you support dokwan No. Why would I? Why do you want to work with Luna too? Then, if you don't support Daokuan,
2: you know he stole like f- what forty-five billion.
8: Working together is just a whole other thing than a merge. I think you ha- We have the um, uh, the community. And um, you have maybe some more expertise. So why um, would it be um, not possible to uh, provide from each other's um, expertises? And, because,
2: uh, because this guy is wanted by Interpol. Uh, he has an arrest warrant out against him. He has a potential legal case. Why would you want to work and cooperate with a criminal? Why do you have to sink down to those levels?
8: <laughs> working to get it. I'm not. Sorry. These are actually very stupid questions because. Um, um, uh, terror, yes, terror Anne,
7: has, re- Anne has figured out your game here. The
8: terror rebels are. Um, um, working to get. Um, um, um to get lost of tfl or, sorry if my words aren't right get lost of tfl and standing on their own, on their own feet and um so um they are not dependent on to depend on tfl anymore so if um our chain is upgraded at the same level as Luna 2.0 is, and we are all like um, little stars circling around in the cosmos sphere. And Luna 2.0 is one of those stars, why wouldn't we work together with each other like all other stars circling around in that system?
1: Because the, the head of it is a criminal. Is he is he still the head of the of the of the of
8: Luna two point
1: zero? I mean he's
2: the one developing the whole chain. He's the head of TFL, he's the one developing all of the protocols right now. What's to say that one of these protocols doesn't have a mechanism similar to UST, some kind of thing that can make it go to zero and suck everyone's money out there's no why would you put your trust in somebody who's lost their credibility i don't understand like why, i'm not why, why, putting,
8: why put I, I'm not putting trust in anybody I'm, put I'm, I'm, I'm putting trust in the in the community i'm putting trust in the, um, uh, um working together with all other other systems other projects um, um having this having the same goal and provide from each other's um each other's um where they are good at so why wouldn't we work with luna luna 2.0 it's not a question of who's running it and i think Do quan is running it. it isn't running it and maybe he is running it i don't know i i have i had um um the the Possibility to ask him a question when he was in the uh, in the uh, um, VC or AMA, whatever you call it, and I asked the wrong question. I should have asked, uh, "Where are you working at at the moment?" And um, um, what have you? What should have you been doing different when you could turn the time? around i didn't ask that i w- i asked um are you for working with um together with luna classic and he answered no um i, I have not a direct phone line with Do i don't know his agenda I don't know where we, if he maybe has a, a hidden agenda. I think everyone has had a hidden agenda somewhere in, at some, po- some point. So um, I really don't know. But if Luna 2.0 has some things we don't have and we can use them, why not?
7: I think the easiest way <laughs> on Twitter to find out what someone's agenda is is actually just read what they write. So I think follow Doquan, uh, Anne, and see what he says. He's pretty much posting what he's gonna do for uh Terra version two. And it doesn't really have anything to do with uh Luna Classic or anything like that. So you can you can learn pretty easily what the intentions are, I think. For the most part.
8: Okay. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I can't I can't uh, read his mind. No, nobody can read his mind. So um, we I don't know what he's thinking. I don't no, know but like, what we, we... we
7: can't read Terra Rebels' mind either. So but like the reality is you can't read anybody's mind. So the no. thing is that doesn't mean anything. What I'm saying is is that like you can read what people write, whether it's Terror Rebels or Vitalik mm-hmm. Buterin or whether it's like, you know, whoever, right? And you can see what they are claiming that they want to do.
8: Yeah sure. Yeah. But I don't, I don't like the the, the way um um uh, Bruce is is approaching me as I'm the biggest um <clears throat> promoter of the of of some kind of merch. That that's that's um
2: Well, I don't understand three things. Number one. Okay. Number one, why would you want to Cooperate with a well-known criminal. Number two, why would you want to steal uh, decentralized apps from that criminal? Number three, why aren't you speaking out strongly against the merge?
8: I did several times in this basis as well.
2: Are you willing to say to everyone now you you won't support the merge?
8: I won't support the merge.
2: All right, then we can end this debate. So you've been convinced. Great.
1: <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, that was the easiest
3: job of moderating. I've never seen this before. Normally when people come into a debate, they disagree, and we just measure how the audience changed their minds and see who swayed the most people in the audience. We don't actually expect the debaters to change each other's minds, but this has happened today. Coaches managed to change Anne's mind about this, which is really no, impressive. No, no,
2: no, he didn't. didn't. Don't you think it's no. what he said about some people can have a kind of command and influence to change others? And
8: you, you have nothing to you. You don't. You do nothing with my mind. I change my own mind.
2: Oh, so you're saying I'm worthless and I'm 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 a, a small person who means nothing. That's great. no. He's,
3: he's no. not saying that. He's not saying. No or she's saying that she changed her own mind once she'd heard what you had to say. That's very different.
2: That's okay, yeah. she like I, I presented my case and then Anne discerned that it was the right view and
1: changed her mind.
8: No. I did it before you said it.
1: Well, I, I think sometimes we have to
2: navigate the human ego and let people tell themselves stories about what they believed and when they made those choices. But overall, so long as people agree in the end, then we can move forward and fight the merge together.
8: Okay, whatever you want. Um, I'm against the merge. I have made tweets against the merge. I've spoken against the merge. um, Also in this space and your space. But we can't read your mind, though, Maybe
7: Maybe you have nefarious intent inside your brain, right? It's possible.
8: Yeah, it's possible, but in this case it's not. Yeah, one one
2: thing kind of perked my ears up there and you said mm-hmm. that everyone can have a secret agenda and mm-hmm. you would only say that probably if you feel that way as well. So I mean, what is your secret agenda?
8: Um <clears throat> I said that because um i think there are things happening right now um with people in the commun in the lunatic community <clears throat> sorry um and in the terror rebels they are um making proposals for example to vote for um um the 2.0 um, um 2.0 uh burning um sorry burning uh, thing so that's actually very bad for the chain and um if they are so smart they can think about it th- themselves so there must be something behind when they uh make that kind of proposal and i can't figure out what i'm not smart enough to figure out what i'm not kind enough to make Uh, uh, i won't do that i can do that and i i will not do that because i let that to the let that figure out to the people who are really inside and have inside information i don't have i don't speak with the terror rebels every day on the phone hey how are you doing well uh, how was your day what have you done today what is your secret hidden secret agenda I i can't do that i don't do that i'm have not the phone lines for that so um i can only make things up about listening in spaces listening to what people are saying um listen try to listen between the lines if as if you read between the lines but um there's like this you when when you are constantly putting up this merge thing while it's not going to happen it confuses people it confuses probably uh investors who like to invest and there's uh, there's
7: an entire protocol and like merge protocol and then there's like an anti-merge protocol there, there
8: there is no protocol that's that's made up by something someone
7: no
2: it's a real thing
7: then no it's a real thing
8: well, oh, I think it's bullshit. It's who
2: not, did that? It's, it's called bullshit by people who are probably bribed.
8: Well, I'm really totally lost. I think, sorry, I think, I'm totally I think the lost thing for people me. To,
7: What you need to understand about um, blockchains, especially permissionless blockchains, is anybody can do anything that they want with on your chain, right? So that includes, you know, merging things and, like, burning things whatever the hell they want to do they can do so that's one of the features of a permissionless blockchain you can't say well the merge people are you know are not allowed here or something like that they they're allowed to play as much as anybody right
1: yep this
2: finger pointing outputs but
8: but 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 but, bruce why uh, you if you are against this 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 Why are you bringing it up again and again and again? Why don't you stop speaking about it?
2: Because it's the reality of the blockchain. And many people are here on chain for the first time, involved in blockchain governance for the first time. It's either the first coin they have bought or the first coin they've migrated to an on-chain wallet like TerraStation and the first time they've ever participated in on-chain governance. And most people don't know the reality of on-chain governance. On-chain governance is a real crazy realm where there's a lot of lobbying, there's a lot of social pressure, there's a lot of financial lobbying and bribes and things like that. And when there's a merge proposal being passed around and people are being offered sums of Luna to vote yes, then I'm certainly going to speak about it because the people need to say to their validators, I am not going to tolerate this. I'm not going to tolerate a person I am delegated to accepting Luna to vote on a certain proposal in their own interests and against mine. I'm absolutely against that. People need educating on this stuff. They need to know it's a reality. Just because there's a thing called decentralized governance doesn't mean that it's always fair and always community-based. There are people behind the scenes offering money all of the time for all kinds of proposals on every single blockchain. That's what
8: I meant with the hidden agenda.
4: And and listen, um, Coach was basically approached by someone and asked to be bribed for a certain amount of money to vote yes and he's warning people. So that's where he's coming from. I think you don't get the whole story. So that's why he's actually talking about
8: it. That's why why it, it, it isn't honest to approach someone like me who is... I'm starting to cry now because it's not honest to approach someone like me and... Um who is I I'm trying always to do the the right thing and um um no
6: no no worries, no worries. Trying... See, there's nothing about
4: you. The story is basically yeah, so you... there's people that are holding these assets, right? And they can vote with their rights, these validators can vote and who has the most coins has
6: the most voting rights and they can do the merge if you are just a small
0: guy a small holder of lung you have no say even you talk with teams or whatever happens it's just the reality and coach bruce is just trying to explain that to you
6: i think he's doing a piss poor job trying to explain it properly
1: no i don't Uh, (laughs) i think
2: i'm doing quite a uh, good job because because as soon as i spoke out and tried to protect the community i was attacked and i was called an idiot and i was called a liar despite the fact that i'm doing I, I, my best you know, I, to educate everyone I, i'm talking in the yeah,
8: but i just came into space to just to listen and um then i heard well the, the one of the biggest uh opponents for, for uh merch is Anne, and i'm totally not so why are you doing this this you can you could ask me nicely or what do you what what do you think of it and not approach me in in a in a way like this i i i don't think that i don't think that's the right way to do i don't do that to nobody
1: and don't worry i think it was just a misunderstanding
2: It's very hard to know who supports the merge and who doesn't. That's why we clarified with a debate.
8: Okay, but you could you could have asked me just what do you think of it, Anne, and not saying for well you are the biggest opponent of the merge, and then bringing me up. And I'm just I just woke up and then I was I was trying to listen, and then um, I'm sorry I'm crying.
1: Um, but it's not
2: worth any upset, it's just clarify your position and then we're done. That's easy,
1: okay? Thank
7: you. Yeah, and it doesn't matter which side you're on, uh, it's not a big deal if you like it, you don't like it. Honestly, like, I don't know who really cares, right? It's not not gonna make any difference, really.
2: People are on either side of the debate and they have their reasoning and whatever. And sometimes I'm accused of being Do Kwon or being against the community or whatever else. Um, I try and tell people which side I'm on and and hopefully
1: they understand. Sometimes they don't, whatever. It's just uh, human nature. Sometimes there are miscommunications. Yeah, all good. I think I got it.
7: Now, now you see why um, I was saying that, you know, if I, you know, if we... I get this sort of, like, project idea off the ground, why I think governance is stupid. (laughs) Like, it makes no sense at all. Like, nobody fucking knows what they're voting for. Like, a lot of the proposals that show up are just nonsense. Like, they're not based in any kind of, like, tokenomic reality or whatever. So I think, like, the right answer, Bruce, is that, like, you have a series of chains, and each of them has different parameters. And they're all immutable, and so every permutation of every parameter you could have, you have a series of chains. Whichever one like resonates with you, speaks to your mindset or whatever, you go with that one. And there's no further governance necessary at that point, right? That's the, that's the idea.
1: It is
2: are you willing to take responsibility for the way you moderated that panel unsuccessfully, for any upset caused?
3: Well, this is all part of my job as a moderator. Um, sometimes a debate can go wrong. Sometimes things, I, I thought it was going extremely well. I thought that we'd, we'd reached a conclusion, but uh, I do take it on the chin it, and it is my fault as the moderator not to keep things on track and to keep things cordial. So um, I think everyone can blame me and feel free to tweet at me, I turn up in my comments and tell me uh, yes. that I'm a bad moderator.
7: On a separate note, so we can move on from this, uh, you you showed me some imagery of some game design ideas you have. You want to create something. Um, is this like a flywheel thing where, like, like I buy a certain coin and I get rich, or what? Like, how does the game work?
1: Uh,
3: so I can explain it uh, pretty, somewhat concisely. So basically. We said, and I don't know if this is the right audience, but whatever. So, that, so this is a gaming chain. Um, the idea is that we don't want to be reliant on a particular game being successful or being fun. We want to make the chain into a game itself. So we said, what were some of the most successful mechanics from the last bull run? We really, uh, we really like the convex stuff. We really like some of the bearer chain ideas. Um, the prism like amps ideas and we said all right well let's make a game out of the tokenomics and let's create a system where you basically sign up to a clan when you when you like create your wallet you connect you get a a semi-fungible token with some data and that data will include which clan you're in it will include your governance score and it will just include a bunch of stuff um and you can represent that like down the line we were thinking hey evolutionary nfts all this stuff right so this is kind of fun um and the whole point is that you have a clan and you have to basically uh play uh, earn some of the exp token and then we sort of turn this whole inflationary tokenomics on its head and we say all right instead of just having inflationary tokens that you sell straight away now you have an incentive to lock it up because you're going to get yield from the It's the protocol owned marketplace. You're going to get the ability to vote on gauges. So like each clan has a gauge. So you can either buff or nerf your clan or other people's clans to sort of dictate where the tokens go. This is kind of like, oh, I care about governance because there's a, mon- a dollar value to my voting. Um, so all this sort of stuff. And, and we bake that into the chain itself. Um, um, and that's kind of like the fundamental idea. And then you have all of the extra trimmings, which you have to have. So like to do a gaming chain, it has to be carbon neutral, which is extremely easy. Operational carbon neutrality is super easy in a proof of stake chain. It's like one solar panel, um, or like 10 trees or whatever. Um, and then you've got all the gasless stuff and then all together, uh, you add a little cherry on top, which is EVM compatibility. So you can bring in um, any code that's been written in Solidity and you can run that on top of this Cosmosm, or this Cosmos chain. And voila, you have the nice uh, a basis for a gaming chain. Um, that is a project that is in the works and probably not going to come out till, I don't know, April, May next year. Um, I'm kind of like not talking about it publicly yet but I just have, so that's that's what we're working on. And uh, I've got a couple of guys who might be able to make some fun games. Um, we're thinking like a Mario party approach. So you have like mini games. I mean, like I, I see these big grand scopes, like we're gonna build, we're gonna build Skyrim on the blockchain. It's like, okay, man, well, that's gonna take like three years, okay? Like, I don't want, <laughs> all right, well, maybe not three years. Maybe two years, Sefi. Can I get a thumbs up? Or Anyway, so the point is, it takes a long time.
7: What I was saying is like Web2 type games, traditional video games that you think of, the Skyrims and all this sort of thing. This just doesn't make any sense for blockchain. Like we used to do that back in the late 90s. And we used to trade like video game gold and everything. Anytime you connect real world money to a traditional Web2 game, it fucks up the whole game. Like the entire game design. Just think about it this way. All right, you have chess right? The chess board is a specific um, game domain. And it works well, um, you know, with the like, and it's basically immutable to a large extent, right? Like, you don't change that, you know, for whatever reasons. So the web two thing is kind of like, imagine taking chess and saying, okay, you can buy a better rook or you can buy a better knight or something with nfts or some other bullshit right like it doesn't make any sense like there's no obvious reason to do it um and you like any attempt to modify a pre-existing game to include weird like monetary tokenomics from outside real world money largely just ruins the original game you have to from the ground up design a game system that is like native to blockchain behavior. And I think what you're describing makes a lot of sense. It may, it's very doable as far as like the creation and, um, yeah. And I think it, it reflects like some experience with like, what do people like to play with in DeFi? Right. So these are all good, um, starting points to sort of like put this thing together. So I think that it could be pretty cool. Like mine is a similar idea. Um, it's just like, but it adds a few more like major layers from the perspective, like, uh, of solving an additional problem, which is this decentralization problem. And I think, uh, we gamify that piece of the puzzle and then you create similar to what you're talking about, but you know, where there's a lots of chains that are, um, like built on top of the base chain, the base chains, like the, the value layer in terms of like the part that accumulates, um, like any practical monetary value. And it has like, uh, the best tokenomics to do that. And then you would use the primary token of that chain to to play the game on all the other chains. And I think uh, Pantera, oh, I wish she was here. Um, he described it as sort of like, okay, it's, sort of, it's like the game of Risk almost, where each chain is pitted against each other to do different shit. Um, yeah, it's, it's similar to that, except that the game board is going to be more like the ocean and less like a chessboard. Like the game board itself, the the series of chains are going to do interesting things. Like, for example, let's say you have a dozen chains and let's say three of them are, you know, let's say the, the yields or something are going up and down, or there's some numerical values that define those chains. Imagine waves on an ocean. So if you have like two waves and they come together simultaneously, you can get a bigger wave, right? Or if there's two waves, you know, and you're at the trough of the waves, you can get an amplitude of an even deeper, you know, like dip in the waves, right? So the idea would be like the waves would interact with each other and create interesting sort of like tsunamis and different size waves and things. And then the players on the board, like on the chessboard, um, have to contend with that game board experience. And then it would be like that. Plus, instead of considering like the game of risk, which would be like where all of the chains are equivalent. Think of it like a video game, like, I don't know, like a Diablo or something where each of the chains, like one is like the wizard, one is like the bard, one is a warrior and they each have different characteristics and combinations of those chains can like attack other chains using certain properties or whatever. Um, that was the idea like in my head here. Does that make sense? Like it's a little bit different. Um Yeah. Because yeah. yours so that doesn't makes, require. That makes, that makes sense. Does yours require its own chain, or is it like it it uh, could be a adapt on it? Yeah, it's like the idea.
3: I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. Re- I mean, well, it it, it kind of does if you want to make the so it'd be like the layer two token, like the native token that we we're sort of using for governance is what is being omitted to the clans, um, and then in future it's like the scalability thing. Oh, if you want to run a game which has like some crazy high throughput and you want to just segregate that on a separate rollup dedicated to just that game then it kind of makes sense instead of trying to run it on a uh, on say or on another general purpose chain or something um, ar- it kind of makes sense from you, that point of view
7: an argument to be could be made like if you run it on say or something um you could take advantage of the like order book infrastructure to do interesting things too Um, so that, that's a possible thought. The other thing is, um, like, let's say, for example, like you built it on Luna V2, as an example, um, you could technically, uh, incorporate the, um, staking to a a validator of your Luna as one of the pieces of the game in a sense, like. It's part of the subscription of the game or something like that. And technically that would be a way to direct uh delegations to a validator as well. So you could turn the game into like a validator as a service type mm. of model. That might be yep. some, another way to generate revenue as opposed to like giving it up to a bunch of validators and run a whole separate chain, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You could almost say like one guild, like each guild has its own distinct validator. That's kind of fun actually. Um Hmm. Interesting thoughts. Interesting thoughts. But Although, I although think...
7: if you'd assume that, you'd assume that you have, like, validators who are already willing to be the core leadership of the guilds or something.
3: Yeah, yeah. You'd almost have to, like, set it up for them and give them the keys. Like, here you go. Um, almost like we're the all nodes, which isn't particularly decentralized, but hey... Um, yeah. It's, it's um, still idea stage stuff. I mean, there's, there's so much, there's so much to think about because like the user experience, I mean, we are, we are only going to go for like web three native people at the start. It's like, how do we get our first thousand users? It's like, oh, well, this, this is going to work instead of going, it's kind of what I was saying yesterday. And you know, just when I was shouting into the void about the top of funnel, like let's do a currency for Africa. It's like, no, like you're not going to go and find uh that suddenly all of Thailand is playing your blockchain game unless you're extremely lucky um it's more likely it's you're going to get existing web3 users but let's say um let's say that you wanted to get at least not annoy people uh that's when i was talking to Pantera about his um obi which is like the web3 auth kind of idea like you have the multisig and each each uh like maybe a 3 of 6 or a 2 of 4 multisig which holds your key your coins and your NFTs. And each key is either like face ID or an email, uh, you know, or, uh, or your phone number or your geolocation or something. And then it's like, okay, now you don't have to hold your keys. Um, and it's going to be way, way easier. It's sort of solving some of the self custody stuff. Like you don't even have to give that person. does not even have to see their seed phrase because this is what's going to happen. Like, you know, with, um, like the, the guild system. So someone like YGG, the guilds on Ethereum, they, um, the, the business model is, OK, uh, there's like some guys in the Philippines that want to earn a living playing a play to earn game, but they don't have the best gear. So they go to a guild and say, hey, um, can I like borrow the gear? And of course, that, that guild is like, well, we can't play thousands of simultaneous games with all of this, these NFTs we've got. So they lend them out and they say, all right, you go and play the best possible gear. Um, and we earn thirty percent, you earn seventy percent, or something like that, and a little piece goes to a treasury. And then that way, everyone wins. Um, all these guys are out there farming <laughs> these tokens using the NFTs being lent by the um, by the guilds,
7: but they don't yeah, want to give the price. a lot key. of those. I think a lot of those types of games didn't work because, like, the problem was the weird play to earn tokenomics was like this maybe inflationary yes. model or something.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, don't have any like viable sync for your token apart from people. Like the only reason anyone is getting that token is to sell it. Um, like there's, there's absolutely no other reason anyone is holding Smooth Love Potion token apart from Didunga. yeah. Uh, I think so... like there's,
7: there is a truth in that. Like there is a uh, uh, there. It's almost like in order to make something worth something, you have to truly make sure it's worth nothing. It's a weird, like, problem, but if you try to create some token with the express intent of making it worth something, the, almost the exact opposite will happen. So you have to make, like, no team tokens, no nothing, and a bunch of coins, and only separate mar- markets, if they open yeah. up and want to create, like, secondary markets, they will emerge. And you don't provide fucking liquidity or anything, right? Like, when people say, well, who's going to provide liquidity for this? Nobody. Like only if you provide it, it'll it'll arrive. Right. Like so you you don't attempt to create all of those layers. The chain and the the primary game is there. And if other people want to build infrastructure on top of it, they're free to do so. Right. Dexes or whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. to do. That's the key, I think. And so if you make the game basically free to play there and you're not really earning anything except like arbitrary amps or whatever. Right. Like let's call them amps like prison, Prism prism then um anyone can play which makes it much more interesting and maybe like on the roadmap people assume that eventually these things will be worth something but there's no explicit guarantee of that and you can kind of build up uh, a big player base who's anticipating maybe the coins are worth something at some point in the future but like there's no guarantee of that. that does that make sense like Yeah, yeah. b B network and pi network and some of these other stupid things have done something similar but their game was moronic like all you did was log Mm -hmm. in every day and click a button Um, but you could make more interesting um versions of that and decent like at least you could get wallet decentralization if not necessarily um like if not necessarily individual um like you if you make the game complicated enough to where you're pretty sure human beings on the other end of it that could be very useful too
3: yeah no uh, this is good stuff and i feel like this conversation has uh we've got the audience and coach turning against us because he's changed the subject to let's talk about topics that repel all women or flans either side of it and i can see him in some he's just he's actually just chatting in in, in chats now like he's not even here he's not even paying attention um so that's fine we can do, it's called Fable and we can do a Fable chat at some point. We'll talk about Fable when it's ready, when it's time to crack the egg and for the idea to burst out. Um, there'll be no VCs though, of course. No, fuck all that shit. I think this is like the fundamental difference. Last last point I'll make. If you look at something like Immutable X, which is a, um, a layer two solution on Ethereum for games, done really, really well. But they are like the corporate the glass building the um we are supported by many many vcs and you will pay 600 pounds to come to listen to us talk like we don't want that at all we just want to say here are some tokens everybody let's all go have fun um and let's not get like weird about it let's not have private sales
7: and seed rounds and shit like that uh that's the um the idea yeah it's like the only alpha would be the only advantage the developer would have then would be the alpha that, like, they have confidence in themselves. And so if they want to buy, you know, on the open market, they want to pay cash for their own token, fine, right? Like, you're an early investor, so you could go buy it on the open market. There's no, like, security tokens, none of that shit, right? Um, so then, like, everybody has advance notice about when the token is going to go on sale, including the team. And it sounds weird, like, for the team to be buying their own tokens. But essentially, it, it's the difference between it being some sort of security um, and something where, like you the, the, like, you, the developer, could buy a lot more just, you know, based on the fact that, um, like, you believe it's going to do well over the long run. And then that puts you in the same boat as the rest of the community. There's no rug pulls. There's no other bullshit. And then I think that re- achieves virality much quicker. Because then the public is much more bought in because they don't think they're being fucked over, which is usually what happens on these, on these uh, DAP projects, right? Remember, like so many projects would like pump initially, and then like, initial investors would dump, and then it would go to shit, and a bunch of people get wrecked because they pay too much for these things. Um, it was just an endless debacle. Um, almost in every blockchain, that was a problem
3: yeah you, you don't want people to feel like um there's some kind of nefarious vC. who got in at one cent and they've got 10 percent of the tokens and they're going to dump on you. That's not very fun. It's not conducive to fun. Um, so <laughs> that's like another well, thing
7: another thing too is here is like once we have like a gaming system, right you you could then m- create dapps on top of that that might look to specifically monetize some of that, right? So, if you feel like, okay, well, we're going to provide a specific utility that um, for this system, but now we're going to charge for it, or we're going to have a coin for it, or something like that, that's a different thing. But the primary change should be to be encouraging absolute mass adoption, right? There should be no barrier to entry. In fact, you should almost have no money necessary to play. You just show up with some wallet, create a thing, and it makes you an NFT, and now you can start adding coins and whatever the fuck your your game is going to do and then like any kind of monetization happens afterwards any type of utilities to try to monetize a system or afterwards maybe like certain types of game levels or something get produced by people and you would pay a fee to pay them or something like play them or something like that right so it's like it's truly a work uh like content producers earn but not necessarily um you know but it's not like one of these play to earn type deals it's more of a work to earn and a create content to earn type of concept yeah. i've
3: heard people talk about game economies on web3 things like you're going to have genuine like uh like like a, a functioning economy has producers and consumers so you could have like people who are like doing certain tasks to produce uh resources or nfts or tokens whatever um and then you have people consuming them and you and you try and not have that weighted too much one way or the other, but fundamentally, yeah, you should turn up. because like, I I don't really have too much control over what how the games are going to work, and it's not really my job. I, I'd be terrible at designing a game. So, um basically, like, you turn up and you you've got no, you don't need any gas tokens. You just sign up. Um, it's just frictionless. Yeah, you could just start playing, and he, you get your SFT for free. Uh, you choose your clan, whatever, uh, and then you just start playing and earning some of these tokens and um off you go that's that's um that's the idea and then if there's any value to nfts from the games themselves it's kind of like natural selection like the good games will get voted up like um and people will play them and they'll get like emissions directed towards those marketplaces and if their bad games are bad people won't want to play them and they won't get uh, subsidized by the l2 that's like another little function but anyway that's all um i think i think i've got a lot of thumbs down i think um Uh, I don't know, coach. I mean, seeing as you've changed this to such a passive-aggressive space title, what would you rather talk about? Because I feel like you have something you wanted to get off your chest.
2: No, I'm here to describe whatever is happening. You people are talking in a way that is repelling all the women, so I'm going to describe that but I'm not going to impose my will and I'm not going to judge
7: think for yourself, man. Kit showed up just to talk about this. Am I right? Kit?
1: Kit isn't a real woman.
7: Yeah, you could debate that, but Kit, what do you think?
1: I missed the, my brain shut off. Well, I was we still talking about
4: dynamic staking mechanisms for no,
7: no, 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 no. Didn't. Bruce said you're not a real woman. That's
2: no, what talking about. no, I didn't. Don't lie. I'm going to cry in a minute. If you say that again, <laughs> Kit, listen, I'm, Kit, Kit I'm a said real everything. Woman,
4: like Bruce is a real mouse.
2: Kit said everything. Kit said her brain shut off. She was repelled. That's I'm that's understandable. To
4: do this stinking uh, social intelligence test right now. I'm on face number four.
2: Right. You say stinking. You're struggling already with the easiest ones. So you're probably going to score. What do we reckon Kit will score? I reckon she'll score about hmm, maybe about twenty-three.
7: Oh, it's one point lower than me, huh?
1: Yeah, I adjusted it, though, because...
2: Various things. Yeah, 23, I guess.
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a two-part space hosted by the coach, Bruce Wrangler, The Merge Club. Recorded on Thursday, December 1st, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to Terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now with Spark IBC enabled. Cool in the darkest of times when the phoenix arises out of the ashes like some burned up papyrus open the sarcophagus and release the virus got a lump in your throat like tonsillitis when the flags go up like everyone is righteous spending government checks sniffing up the white dust the previous generation wants to be just like us fuck that shit I'm trying to be like Mike was drop the bias and you might survive this the mummy coming through to remind your highness I might just buy up my own fucking island build a little bunker then wait for the timer countdown to zero day exploiting every exploit in your internet sex toys and emitting vibrations through the ether did you just come the ether do if you look at the bright side, we're lost at the right time Blindly, following stars in the night sky Part of me might ride away with the prize fight Man versus everything else until the time's right I Unleash the him. no wait, that was crack Fuck now, everybody feeling all amped up Fucking like bunnies to the national anthem Ugly little shit's eating up all our rhythm Mishandling the captions, who has the answer? Holding our attention for ransom Fed up with all the red tape and the boring templates like it matters if it's a blue or red state Charged every month and we can't even cancel Feeling distressed? Fuck it, kill the damsel Fuck gas yeah, spread it like we're on some undead shit And pass the bitch around like a meme from Reddit. In the beginning it was suggested that the mortality rate would be 5% And the numbers are so much higher We're not ready for the next epidemic. So if your
1: oxygen level falls too low and it cannot be kept up with just what we call nasal cannulas or rebreathing oxygen masks if you can't get enough oxygen from that then they will intubate the the patient.
0: Chim spaces